Guys, just to kick things off, I'm wondering if we can jump straight ahead to my tech surprise. No, we're not. We're not really. We're not really interested in that. <laughs> of course we are. What the heck is it? It's been like eight months. I'm on my standing desk, but this is getting ridiculous the way I'm kind of perched right now. So I'm just going to make things a little more comfortable and just move the microphone. <laughs> um. I was really wondering why the hell you were positioned so incredibly awkward. <laughs> I was like, is he going to stand that way for an hour? I thought, is he hiding his glasses? He's he's cut half his face off. Is is the tech surprise he has new glasses? He's built this up for two weeks. It's not the new glasses. I'm really hoping, though, that I have some dulcet sounds right now. You sound amazing. Because I have somehow, somehow through fortune um, acquired at least for a period of time, a Shure SM7B microphone. And uh, so, yes, this is the first real uh, use of it. I saved it for hemispheric views. So I'm hoping that this bad boy is um, doing the trick. I was going to try to, I was going to guess microphone, but then I thought, no, Andrew has like six microphones already. Uh, surely it's not another microphone. Uh, then I thought maybe it was something to do with a camera and you were going to like go from this weird angle that you were at and somehow zoom out to some kind of ultra wide action or something. <laughs> but it was very awkward that you were standing the way you were. So this, I'm much happier that you look, uh, comfortable now and you probably won't have back issues tomorrow. So tell us about this microphone. So as you'll know that just for a bit of history, I started off with a road podcaster back in back in my naive podcasting days when I thought, sure, a USB microphone would be enough. Like USB dynamic microphone, sure, that's all I need. The next thing you know, you realize you want an audio interface and that only need that has to have XLR. So I needed an XLR interface uh, microphone really quickly which led me down the path of the Audio-Technica ATR2100X, which has both XLR and USB-C. Pretty cool. That lasted about a week because I realized that the feedback I was getting from it from the microphone just or the into the earphones was just terrible. I don't know. I probably had something set wrong. So it's probably user error, but I also just thought it was a bit ugly. It wasn't really professional looking and it didn't fit on the boom arm very neatly that I had, the the Rode PSA1. So I thought, well, I'm going to go back to Rode, and I got the Rode Procaster, the XLR version of the Podcaster. And I've been happy with that. That's been awesome. Um, Jason went ahead and spent the big money and got the Shure SM7B, and I looked at it in last and thought, ah, if only. But in Australia, they're really expensive. So anyway, I was at my nephew's house the other day and he's a muso he's a bass player um plays in bands does used to do international touring when that was still a thing so he's quite talented musician Uh, and he swiped it nice yes so i was looking through his cupboards you know because he was showing me his gear and i saw that he had a short uh, sf7b set up for his own studio i was like oh look at that i could rattle off what it was and he was like yeah 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 he's like actually uh i've got two of them because dad which is my brother his dad 
bought two of them so that we could do, we were thinking about doing some sort of podcast or ch- at least online chat together. And it just never really panned out. And my dad, so my brother lives overseas now and um, he didn't take the microphone with him. So there was this sure SM7B sitting there in the box in my nephew's cupboard. I said, Alex, I'm sorry, mate, but would you mind if I borrowed that? <laughs> it's like, was yeah, he hesitant? Sure. Yeah, he was like, fine. No. And, and my nephew's wife, she was like, yes, take it, because it gives us more cupboard space back. <laughs> Ever the How big was the box? It's not that big, but, you know, like any win is any a win, space. I guess. So I've ended up, took it home. This SM7B doesn't look like it's ever been used to the fact that I've actually had to put the alternate windshield on it because the original one, I think it had been, maybe it had been opened once used, put back in, but the, the whatever it's made of had started to rot. You know, how it sort of, that sort of um, foam can rot if it's just left, it'll start flaking off. So I've put the bigger windshield on, but apart from that, I think it's brand new. It's like when you find one of those one of those old cars in a barn in the middle of nowhere and it's it was bought, never used, and you just come upon it. It's like treasure. Yeah, yeah. The, the closest thing, exactly that, or given my world at the moment, it's like digging up a thousand um, bells in Animal Crossing. It's very, very much the same thing, yeah. So like when you, when you buy a new keyboard, right, for example, you're feeling something under your fingers, there's a difference. When you're putting on new headphones, as Jason has, you've got this different cushiness or audio quality in your ears. You've said this is the first time that you've used it for proper podcasting, but I'm assuming you've tested it. Do you feel any different or feel like you sound different listening back to yourself? I did a super quick test with it um, earlier, and I did think it sounded nice when I was hearing it back. As I talk to you guys, though, and this is the first time I've used it through Skype, I am not hearing myself very well at all through the headphones. I don't know if that's a Skype thing or, again, something that I've got misconfigured. So I'm not, I'm not hearing myself come back through my headphones very well at the moment. I'm a little dissatisfied about that. But hopefully it sounds well, right it, to you. Well, it seems smooth to us, I think. Do I sound like a radio DJ? You look like one. Oh, We're talking beyond radio DJ, like national audio figure. I don't know. What's the term for that? Very important person is what I would go with. Hey, in Beverage Corner this week, Hmm. I'm breaking out. I have have my trusty bottle of water, just filtered, but otherwise straight from the tap. But most importantly, I've got something called Chalba. Wow. Is that pudding? Chava. It's like denso e cremoso gusto classico. We've got Chava. Wow, we are truly international now. This is Italy's finest hot chocolate. And where did, did it is lovely? Was this stolen from your yeah. nephew as well on the way out the door? <laughs> no, this one was stolen from George Clooney. Oh. Um George is always going on about that. Oh, his yacht bumped into yours and it flew onto yeah, your deck. That's right, yeah. yeah. No, we have we have a supplier who occasionally tra- used to travel to Italy, um, family member, and they would always bring us back some Gusto Classica. Gusto Classico. I've got to get my it's pronunciation right. Really nice. Really nice. But as much as I try at home to get it nice and thick the way they do in the Italian cafes, 
I can never do it. Italian cafes, they get it so thick that it's almost like... It looks like pudding. Mud. Yeah, it will, when, when you drink it in Italy, it practically is like pudding. They somehow get this density of hot chocolate milk. So amazingly done, so well. I've never quite been able to replicate it here, but... There you go. Can I just say, I think you need to hold it up to the camera again. I need to get a screenshot of this because you look like, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to take a screenshot of Chow Bar with its official brand ambassador, Andrew Canyon. Snap. Oh, that's beautiful. Now I have a question for you about Chow Bar or Chow Bar. Yeah, well, yes. Are you mixing it with, I was saying it Chow like it was goodbye. I don't think I'm probably saying it right. Chow Bar. Um, yeah, I don't know. Chow Bar. There you go. Chow Bar. Um, is this being mixed with water Hot or Milk. 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 Okay. Cause I was saying sometimes those, you know, when you have like those, what Nescafe froth things and you, and you just throw the powder yeah, in with yeah. water, but you're doing, doing it with hardcore. milk. Are they doing it with cream or something? Oh, I don't know. They, they do it with, cause they do it as part of it with their espresso machines as well. So they get like really powerful frothing, heating oomph. Um, the closest I get is I put it in a thermomix about seven minutes on 70 degrees with milk. About 250 mm. mils, 300 mils of milk per sachet. That long, stir it up, makes it warm. Are you are you using proper Italian cow milk? Maybe that's your issue. Well, this time I did try something a little bit different. I managed to find in the shop the other day, it was on special. It was cheaper than the normal milk, so I thought I'm going to get that because I'm ever a bargain hunter. I got extra creamy milk which I sort of hoped might be the American version of half and half, which is amazing. Um, it wasn't as thick and creamy as half and half, but it was, it was very creamy. So I've used that tonight in my choba. So wait, ha- half and half is, is that's just an us thing. You don't have, you don't have half and half. No, I've looked everywhere. Interesting. No, we have lots of different silly milks, but can you clarify? Sorry for my ignorance. What's half and half again? It's like half milk, half cream. People survive drinking that on a daily basis. No, it's huh. o- it's only as like a um, you would only put that in coffee or or it's like a oh. it's like an additive, not not a you wouldn't put that on like cereal or something. Gotcha. Does it come in those little condiment thingers as well? It's like like a little half. Half okay. container. They're they're very small. You'd usually get one like every so often. It's not a beverage. I, I would call it more of a not a condiment, but an accessory to a beverage. Nobody gave me those instructions. That's not how I used it. <laughs> no right. wonder you loved it. You're just drinking straight cream out of a jar. <laughs> I I would get those um you know those honey puff things? Breakfast cereal honey puffs. Sure. Yeah. They're like sh- sweetened puffed things bowl of those oh boy half and half milk all over them and that's what i would eat when i was you should you should consult a heart doctor just to make sure everything's okay (laughs) it was so good the second time i was going to the u.s so i did that the first time i went the second time i went over there that's what i was dreaming of like before i got there was being able to eat that cereal with half and half milk it was amazing. And I'm jealous of you, Jason. You could just wander out. Well, I don't know if you can wander outside, but you could certainly find a way of getting that stuff and making it today. And, he, yes. he, and I'm immensely And he's jealous. clearly wasting that access. He's not even drinking it 
No, Regular. no. Imagine that with a with a cup of Milo. Just like throw some Milo and a thing of half and half. Can you even imagine how great that would be? Mm. American half and half, Australian Milo. Because look, American Milo, whatever whatever you got shipped to your house, that's that is now the official the Milo name, official beverage of this podcast. So if so Milo if you, and half and half. If you insert a whisk. As you did the electric whisk into half and half, do you yeah. just end up with like a mousse if Milo's added as well? It, it <laughs> ceases to be a beverage. It's more like a dessert. I think you just get yeah a cup of mousse and it's now dessert. <laughs> oh, and while we're talking about beverages, uh, I can see in the show notes that we have the buy me a coffee reference. Coffee's a beverage. Do we have some thank so yous? Many thank we yous. sure do. Sure do. Oh my goodness. Um, it's a good thing Stripe didn't cut off our payments like they cut off those to the uh, the Trump campaign. Otherwise, we'd be in big trouble. So our revenue has gone through the roof. Um, look, we've got. Firstly, I, I think well, there's two that I'd like to. Name. There's one that I'll bring out, bring attention to, and I'll leave I'll leave the thank you for the other person to one of you guys. But I particularly want to thank someone. That's who they are. There's someone they chose to remain anonymous. They purchased three coffees, one for each of us. Um, this someone, though, I think I've done a little bit of investigation. I think I know who it is. Ooh. They tried to they tried to hide their email address. They said like, "Don't spam me or or send me spam something or something along those lines at spam.com. It was classic like avoidance avoidance measure. I, I approve of that. There's no problem, but I'm smarter than that. So, Mr. Clooney, thank you for the three coffees. <laughs> we appreciate you having you as a listener. I understand why you want to remain anonymous because you're a famous Hollywood actor. Sure, we panned your movie, but you understood that we were talking straight. So, thank you. Three coffees straight to us. Thank you. Imagine how many coffees we could have got if you gave him five stars. <sighs> Not into bribery, though. So happy about getting three coffees from George Clooney and now you've just destroyed it. I'm thinking we could have had more. <laughs> wow. No, no. I apologize. I retract that. Thank you, Mr. Clooney, for your generosity. In spite of your small and bank Watch account. out, people, because I can dox anybody on the internet. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's like, he's a real, uh, he's a real sleuth. Um, we also have someone that made George look a little bit light in the donation department. Uh, we had somebody come through. So George did three pretty good. I mean, you know, he's George. He does what he can. Um, he did send me four cases of his tequila as well, but we don't need to talk about that. The next person on the list bought so many coffees. I had to use a calculator to figure out how many coffees it was. It was 10, 10 people, double digit coffee action is what that's called. And that's where you want to be in your life. You want to be someone that's known for double digit coffee action. It's just, it's an achievement very few ever attain, but it should be what you look for in 2021. Who have we got to thank for so many coffees? If only there were a way to find out because it says that their name is um anonymized which is so strange yeah. i just wish i knew someone that could find this information easily on the internet 
Oh, I have a suspicion of who you might be talking about. Is it someone who shares the same surname? Yes. As mine. Ah, okay. Well, look, I'll take over this point. I have to thank uh, my dear aunt, Francine, who kindly donated to this show. I, I did not put any familial pressure on her, but she is the relative I mentioned, I think, in our tech origin segment from an earlier episode about uh, infusing the Mac passion that burns within me now. So uh, she's to thank for not only the coffees, but also my nerddom, which is one third of this podcast. So thank you, Francine, on behalf of the three of us. I want to thank, uh, look, he, this person has named themselves Matthew Craig, $9. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. I, it's, um, it's incredible because I, I don't know how to put this, but it's amazingly gratifying that people even listen but listen to the point and then listen to the point of enjoying and then think, you know what? I enjoy it so much. I'm going to buy them a coffee. That's incredibly generous. And in a world that's gone a bit topsy-turvy recently, it's that kind of thing that is really nice. It's um, heartwarming. Much appreciated. Yeah. And I just logged in to buy me a coffee, guys. <laughs> I don't know if you've looked at this in the last couple of days or had any notifications. There is, oh my goodness, there is a fourth donation what the heck will it ever stop i hope not now this hemispheric telethon just keeps on going who do we have now i had no idea about this but a certain mother of a certain podcaster on this show has gone back again for more and has bought us all another coffee the mom cast is strong because i want to thank my mom jennifer who's back at the well has bought us another three coffees oh my goodness all these coffees plus the donation of a microphone to you this is just this is blowing up yes and i think we have a main topic that you've put down andrew about what appears to be chat apps have you signed up for all four chat apps simultaneously that you have written down here or you have thoughts on each of them well it's interesting i look at the run sheet somebody's been playing with my little um my Trello card here because I wrote WhatsApp, I wrote Signal, I wrote Telegram. I came back later and I see something that I've never even heard of. Threema? Who did that? What the heck? I know. What is Threema? So, um, so Signal, I mean, I, I'm assuming you put this on there because of this whole rediscovery of Signal by the world, apparently. Uh, thanks to, I'm sure, thanks to Rocket Boy, I would imagine, talking about it. Um, I, yeah, I, I was actually glad you put this on here because I was curious, A, what you both think of all of these from your world perspective compared to where I'm at. I, I seems pretty obvious from where I'm at, why people are using that, these things right now, all, all of the sudden, um, I think they've been popular WhatsApp. So just to get this straight, WhatsApp is, is the Facebook is like one of Facebook's 37 different messaging platforms that they have, right? Uh, yes. Signal is owned by no one. Uh, well, I mean, it's, you know, open source, yada, 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 insert all your licensing here. Telegram, I don't really know the background of Telegram. I think that one is based uh, in Europe somewhere, I think. I think it's um the Middle East. Oh, is it? Even. Okay. And then Threema is another one. I added that one just because that was one that I had heard of slash used quite a while ago. And I always thought they had an interesting 
kind of twist on the whole thing. And maybe a twist is a bad thing in this arena, but the Threema, and I'm probably going to explain this incorrectly. I don't, I'm not like a daily user or anything, but they always had this, this idea of these three different dots where you had the one dot, meaning you were basically in contact with someone. So it could be basically trusted that that's who you were talking to. Then there was like two dots, meaning you somehow swapped some kind of credential with each other. So it was, it was more like you knew that's who it was. And then the third dot, I believe, was effectively you both met in person and like scanned a QR code or something. So it was like, I now have visual confirmation that this is the person I'm talking to. So it was kind of this three layers of being assured that you were, in fact, talking to this person. It was always a little, I don't know, spy kind of TV show-ish back in, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, whenever this was. But it seemed like an interesting thought that just because it's a secure chat platform doesn't mean you know who the hell's on the other side. I mean, that it's like faxing someone where... Yeah, it's a secure fa- I mean, well, faxing's not secure, but you know, you don't know who's picking that thing up out of the other end. You have no idea. So I, I just thought that was an interesting idea. But now it seems that we're back into the it kind of comes in waves, I feel like, at least here in the US, these secure end-to-end chat apps where people get real excited about them, with everybody signs up for them, and then they realize this isn't really doing anything for me. Um, and then they kind of fall off again and then something happens where some company leaks a bunch of data. So now we're back onto the whole secure chat thing. Um, the only thing I'll just say real quick is for me, the end to end thing I think is great. I just feel like put that into the things we're already using instead of having another layer of thing to use. So I don't personally use any of these day to day unless somebody says they need to talk to me through one of those, which is not really a thing that's happening. I still just mainly use iMessage for everything or, uh, or like discord. It would be another one, but I don't know. What, what about both of you? Um, maybe Andrew, you start is, is, are these a thing? And Oh yes, they're a thing in Australia, but is this something like here where it kind of goes in waves or does no one care about any of this? Look, I think I think like everything, WhatsApp prob- probably really owns the space. Um, they've got the power of Facebook and the power of ubiquity across both platforms. I think the thing that mo- is most noticeable here, and the thing that disappoints me in a way, is that iMessage or messages, or whatever you want to call it, is not is not on the my list. Um, I use it, but it's really limited to just Apple people. Um, as soon as you try and go cross-platform, you you fall back to green bubble SMS stuff, as far as I can tell. I think that's all it is still, MMS, SMS. Um, so it doesn't really work, and it doesn't have all the the additional add-ons like Giphys and all those sorts of things that work well across non-Apple devices. So it, it's kind of a non-starter, even though I would prefer to just run everything through that. Um, but, yeah, WhatsApp has been the predominant one like i know i've got i've had friend chats in it i've had family groups in there because you know that everybody has it however over the last couple of weeks and what pushed me 
to looking for a change. I've had Signal and Telegram accounts from a while ago, probably like you said, Jason, one of those previous waves where I, tr- I investigated and tried to find a different alternative to Facebook. Um, but I didn't get any traction. So they kind of went by the wayside. What I found interesting though, is that since WhatsApp released its new terms of service, there's been a genuine like awareness that maybe Facebook's a bit creepy. And this is by people who aren't in the tech world at all. Um, so I've, we've, I've had success in moving a friend group over to Signal and my family group over to Signal. Um, there was a bit of a bit of consternation about it, um, but somehow it managed to happen. I, I did catch up with my mates last weekend and I offered a, a white glove concierge installation service um, to help a couple of them install the app and get it up and running. And I copped a lot of hassle and I'm still getting it on, uh, on the message board about, uh, couldn't we have just stuck with WhatsApp? Yada, yada. But it's all good natured. And I think we've had success in moving it over. Um, I actually then went, I've deleted my WhatsApp account. I've uninstalled the app. I've deleted Telegram. I'm just sticking with now iMessage messages and um, Signal. What what made you pick Signal over Telegram? Or was it the security model or whatever? Or was it just the, the user interface? Or what made you pick one? Yeah, I think it was probably a bit of both. Um, it seemed to be, and I'm no cybersecurity expert, but it seemed to be that Signal had at least the reputation of better security or stronger security than Telegram. Realistically, for what we're doing, we're not organizing any riots or anything like that. So That we know of. Mm, you'll never know now. Um, but yes, yeah, so I don't think that's a real, but I think a real problem. But I think the Signal interface just kind of, seemed a bit friendlier. I I actually didn't like uh, Telegram because it looked so much like WhatsApp. And I actually don't like the UI of WhatsApp. Um, And Telegram seemed to totally just ape it. It was like a Samsung copy of Apple. Um, Signal at least seems to be trying its own look and feel a little bit. And I thought it was a bit nicer. So, and, and the fact that other people had now heard of Signal helped with that transition. You know, so other people were getting on board and that was probably because of Elon. But who cares what the vector is? Like, the less Facebook in our lives, the better. So, yeah, that's where I'm seeing it from. But overall, in society in Australia, WhatsApp is still far and away the strongest as far as I can tell. The only one of those apps that I've had any experience with was Telegram and that's because I was invited to speak with other people online. And I, I didn't have too much of a problem with the app. For me, it was this kind of begrudging, uh, you know, it's good to have this variety of competitors or different chat alternatives, but I just found myself being frustrated by being pulled in all these different directions. Like now, like you two, I mainly rely on messages with Apple people or relatives or close friends. There are only a couple of Android holdouts out there who make me use something else. Uh, Telegram, I didn't mind too much. I've never had a WhatsApp account. Funnily enough, uh, my first real knowledge of that came from hearing that apparently it was like the app for Germans because of my 
German cultural interest and they loved it because of privacy. And like you said, these waves come through of people being enthusiastic about new alternatives or being worried about how companies like Facebook are being creepy. The moment that the Germans heard that Facebook was getting WhatsApp, they just started tearing their hair out. Like, what are we going to do? This is not good because they've always been really privacy aware and focused. But um, what do you both think about apps like uh, one that isn't on here is Keybase. What do you think of Keybase? I I used I still have a Keybase account. I'm kind of on the fence about it now since they got bought by Zoom. And I, it was a very odd situation. The company that kept getting kind of thrown out in the dumpster because of security things then bought Keybase, which is their whole thing is security and privacy and encrypted messaging and so forth. So I'm assuming they bought it just, it was a, you know, to get the people so that they could then put those people onto their actual, you know, bread and butter where they're making all their money. Um, but now that it's with them, I feel like best case, it's just kind of going to linger and not ever do anything else. I, I don't see them saying, now we are a video conferencing company and a weird, obscure identity service on the internet. It's just like, I don't, if I were them as a company and, and running Zoom, I don't really feel like I would say this is our core competency. We probably need to just get these people over here and, and get rid of this other thing. Um, so I, I don't really care. I think the messaging part of Keybase was always pretty weak anyway. But what I liked about Keybase was the the idea of proven identity. And I've never found anything else. If anyone listening to this knows of something else, please let me know. But I've never found anything else like the part of Keybase of, uh, related to um, identity. So if you go to like my Keybase page, you can see that this website is absolutely owned by me because I had to go in and put in, you know, a, a text thing into DNS, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, proving that I actually own that domain. And it, the same goes for like Bitcoin addresses. And it, it just seems like there's nothing out there right now saying, you know, prove to me that this is your website. You know, there's no way to really do that other than something like this. But anyway, Keybase, yeah, I still have an account really just for that identity stuff. And that's about it. Yeah, because using it, I, I like that identity part as well. But every time I opened it, it felt like the app was being constructed in front of my eyes. And I know that's a very snobbish aesthetic thing. And it probably comes down to it being an electron app or something. But it kind of offended me. I thought, okay, this app is under construct. Oh, no, it, it's, it's ready now. Thank you. But uh, an app that I've had to use with uh, relative... Uh, in China is WeChat. And we all know that's not, uh, let's say, the secure or certain chat application that we might say that others are. And it's actually possible to give people money, like Chinese tradition, for example. Uh, I think it's around New Year or something, so I might be butchering what I'm saying. But I found that with the money that was received, and it was a small amount, so it wasn't wasted. Essentially, once it arrived within your WeChat account, it was go to the nearest China bank something or other, or make sure you have an account and then you can extract it. And I've gone, well, I'm not in the mainland and I don't have an account. So that money is lost. So there are, I think, total 
you know, worlds out there like WeChat that we don't even think about as Westerners, where you just get sucked into this vortex or this ecosystem that we don't even think about. I often reflect on the fact that I am very iMessage centric. And if only those two or three Android friends would cross over, I'd never have to use anything else. But then you think, wow, that's the totalitarian alternative of just living within WeChat. And do we want that either? So I think we want a few different alternatives. WeChat is... WeChat is a, it's a full platform. I mean, you can, you can purchase everything through it. You can live, it's, it's, I kind of feel like it's an, it's what AOL always wanted to be where you just go into, and what Facebook wants to be now, where you go into WeChat and you don't leave. You just do everything there. You, you exchange money, you chat, you do all your grocery shopping, you buy all your tech gadgets, everything runs through WeChat, which sounds super cool and convenient, but also sounds kind of like, is that good? The the only the only platform I've found that's more all encompassing than um than WeChat is uh Tom Nook, Nook Incorporated. Man, he's just all over it. You get his Nook phone, you get Nook Miles, you get Nook. Oh man, Tom Nook. He he takes care of your mortgage. Martin, you're looking a little Martin. bit befuddled, but um, no, no, I'm just uh, I'm not as familiar with this as, as you clearly are. Have you dipped your toes into this Nook world, or you're just reading about it? No, no, no. I've um, my kids got Animal Crossing for okay. Christmas for the Switch, and he says he says his kids got it, but yeah, I mean, ever since I think we, I think we know what that means. Ever since I've been, I, I practically sold my own body to get thirty pieces of iron to be able to build a shop. Um, like I'm trying to build a house. I've, I I don't know why I want some of the wooden artifacts that I can craft and then I craft them and I'm left with like, well, now what do I do with it? I just look at it. It's totally pointless. Um, so I'll go back to watering my flowers and picking my pumpkins. Uh, yeah, but Tom Nook. Yeah, Tom Nook slash WeChat. They're the two you need to watch out for. Global domination. You were talking about imaginary pumpkins there, right? You know, this hasn't bled into real life and you've got like a garden or something happening. It may as well be. Look, I'm doing more work and exerting <laughs> more effort in this imaginary world than I do in my own garden. <laughs> Ridiculous. Some people watch Gardening Australia. You uh, you play Animal Crossing. But Jason came to visit my... Jason visited my island and the most frightening thing was not only was he like a million levels ahead of me in the game, but he actually looked like him right now. Like he had headphones on. He had the same hairstyle. He came cruising into my island like like Puff Daddy. He was just like, yo, what's up? Technological hoarding. I thought you'd both have something to say about this. As a bit of context, it came up in my mind again because I just had a brief holiday, you know, Christmas time, bit of leave, uh, back to work now, which is um, which is all good. But during that time period, that short period, I was doing some cleanup, you know, old clothes, things in the wardrobe and so on. And the one thing that always is immune to serious cleaning is digital devices. Now, I don't think that I have a huge problem. Others may think that I do. I don't have a lot of stuff lying around. It's not all collecting dust. It's not falling out onto my head when I try to reach for something else. But there is a bit of a timeline. There are layers, okay? There are 
different things happening from different time periods. And I wanted to know if both of you have the same sort of problem getting rid of things. Do you have a separate space? Um, and to kick off, I'll say, look, I have a, a, a small box of various portable devices. I have a larger box that has things like uh, an old iPad or two and like a tangerine iBook. And then up on that bookshelf up there that you can't see uh, currently three desktop Macs. Now I know Jason, you have your shelf, which we can see at the moment and you're zooming in with your Karzai's lens. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, now we can, now we can see curtains and various framed items. Very good. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I have different places for things, but do you both have to deal with this same issue? Um, Andrew, because I can still see you, let's go for you first. Yeah. Ironically, all the stuff that I wish I had hoarded, I haven't. So that's like a previous episode where we talked about our old technology. Um, I wish I'd hoarded that stuff, but at the time it just got turfed. Um, it, there was no perceived value in any of it. So you just chucked it when as because it was obsolete. Um, I would love to have all that stuff now. But with my newer stuff, I just have, you know how in the, uh, you go to a hardware store and you can just buy those sort of big plastic tubs that have a plastic lid on them that break whenever you try and move them. Um, I have one or two of those and it's just like, it, they started off as just my random cables went in there and then the odd laptop got put in there and now it's just become the technology graveyard, but it's not treated in any wonderful way. It's just stuff that I'm not using anymore tends to get chucked into that. Um, it's quite random. So it's got, you know, it's got some iPads in there. A couple of them have broken screens. A couple of them don't. It's got an old airport, airport express. It's got an iPod or two. So just all my random stuff and some extension cords and cables and what have you all just end up in these buckets and those buckets live upstairs in the attic and i occasionally discover them when i'm looking for a hdmi cable or something um and that's about it i don't treat them with any great respect so you you've got these plastic tubs with the easy break handles great feature um do you find yourself putting products in there out of sentimentality to begin with, or is it, I'm going to deal with that and I don't really want to put into landfill or how can I recycle it? Why do things end up there? Yeah, it's because, um, mainly because I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm attached to them sentiment in a sentimental way. And yeah, I don't want them just getting, I don't want to put them in the bin because yeah, they would just go to landfill and pollute everything. And then, but I think I, I could take them back and be recycled, but what's the value of them being recycled versus having them so that maybe I can show my kids when they're older and I can say, look at this hilarious thing we used to use. Isn't it a piece of junk? Um, so I kind of just, it's that sentimental sort of approach. And like I discovered the other day, an old iPhone and I just held the iPhone 3GS or whatever it was in my hand. And it was just like, oh, that's right. That's what this felt like. And it took me back in my mind to that era what was i doing oh, i remember when you know and remember when i first got this and it was so amazing it was, and you know just so it just triggers memories almost it's like a little time machine in a in a box yeah and it um, does highlight i mean and you think each year oh you know things don't really change as massively as they do now particularly with mature product lines like the iphone but then you look back just a few years when you do keep that stuff and it's a monumental shift it's huge i mean bezels alone in the last few years. Um, Jason, you were teasing us with a big box, a big Apple product box for 
an iBook G3. Was there actually an iBook in there or was it hollow? Oh, no. It's got everything in it. It's every original thing. It's as if it were just purchased from the store. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. I have a list in my reminders of all the old crap that I'm trying to acquire. So you're a genuine collector. I guess so. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I think, I mean, people collect everything, right? People, some people collect spoons, some, you know, little porcelain things from traveling. I think I, I, I don't keep them because they're, they're useful because they're certainly not useful. I mean, uh, you know, an iBook, a tangerine iBook is, is by no means useful, but I think I more collect them because of what they look like more than anything. And I think like you were saying how the, you know, a phone changes incrementally over time, but altogether, um, it's actually pretty, pretty interesting how much they have actually changed. So that's why I collect them. And it's also sentiment as well. Like, why do I have a, um, a two-way pager from like 1995 or whatever. Like who, who gives a shit about that? But I, every time I look at it, I immediately remember back to when I first had that. And that was like the first line of two-way communication past just getting a number on a pager and having to call it back, but actually being able to message. So it's, it's really just things tied to memories for the most part. Uh, I, I don't keep everything, but Definitely more than I should, I would say. And like I said, where, I'm where do these things go? Um, so now in our in our new house, we actually have space for this kind of stuff. So like all my phones, I have on one big shelf next to my desk. Um, down in the basement, in one of the rooms down there, is where the majority of the other stuff lives. And then some other stuff, just kind of randomly, depending on size, it'll go wherever. Like this box just is in the in the office right now. Um, there's also a G4 12-inch power book in there as well. That one actually works still, and I've been keeping that one going um, just because it's kind of fun to boot up, you know, early, early Mac OS and go, ooh, wow, that is really aqua-licious. So yeah, a lot of a lot of hoarding going on. Um, it's interesting that both both me and Jason have reflected on it being a vector back into our memories, and I wonder if that is that. Did previous generations have other things that serviced that 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 purpose? Um, I think so. I think it was just much. There was a much more limited supply, probably in terms of what those objects could be. You know, it might be a piece of dishware or a, a small, you know, clothing or a hat or something. Whereas now with our increasingly ridiculous amount of stuff that is made and is possible, um, that just, that list just grew exponentially. I mean, you, you collect what is available, right? I think it's, I don't, I don't think it's related to hunter gatherer, but whatever there is to be had, I think we naturally just start to collect and form patterns out of it. I, I, I don't know. I mean, that's my, that's my professional psychological opinion. I think we're ultimately, we're all just bower birds, aren't we? And we collect things that make us feel good. And in our instances, that's technological stuff. 
even though it has yeah, little shiny things to build our nests. I don't know what you two think about this, but I've, um, I'm, I'm not trying to get rid of older things because th- those sentimental memories are attached, particularly the older stuff. But the last two iPhones that I had prior to this 12 mini that's sitting next to me right now, I traded in for recycling to get a discount. So, Jason, are you all right with that, given that you have a shelf of history next to you? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I fully recognize that I'm in a complete idiot for having all of these phones on a stupid shelf when, you know, the the number of people that have pointed out, like, you have a, why is that just sitting, like, why are you not selling that or whatever? But I, I think a lot of, a lot of it is now I just, I have so much of the collection, like, I just want to have all of it. But it's like, you know, I'm collecting Pokemon cards or something, but um, the, the, the resale of them usually and i guess i'm we have a little bit of a benefit because generally my my wife and i both have you know whatever phone is is the phone so usually we'll sell or generally we don't really sell anything we just hand it down so it'll be you know so-and-so's aunt or you know brother-in-law sister-in-law whatever is on you know a three-year three-year-old one so it's like okay now you get the 11 pro for some ridiculous price that's great so usually we'll get rid of one of them and then we'll just keep the other one for whatever reason for my shelf is the reason um but i mean i probably should trade them in i don't really sell stuff online anymore just because it's just such a pain in the ass everyone that is online trying to buy stuff just sucks I mean, it's like, it's just, it's it's such an awful experience. Every service out there is terrible. You know, you put something up that for a fair price, it's like, I would like $100 for this. And then somebody's like, I'll give you $3, take it or leave it. And it's like, what are you, okay, bye. Speaking of hoarding, there's one bit of technology that I wish to no longer hoard, which is a 27 inch cinema display. It's still in it's still in mint condition, but it's non retina. It's the uh, mini display port. Do you have the box? No, I don't. My wife made me. Mm, not interested. Is this the one that's still costing you money in your asset depreciation spreadsheet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got it in the spreadsheet exactly. So I need to offload this thing. Um, and I tried to sell it online, and so far it's been a total bust. I had somebody asking me if I could shift to Sydney. <laughs> Martin, was that you? Um, He's like, Wollongong, wait a second. It's it's not worth my... How am I going to ship it to Sydney? Like, I don't have the box. It's... No, no. And they had somebody else now asking me, is that the one that plugs into um, into Thunderbolt? And it's like, eh, no, it's mini display port. So... I don't think I'm going to get rid of this thing. I think it's stuck with stuck with me, but it's it's just too good. It's, I've looked after it so well. There's not a scratch on it. It is the be- the best thing that I that happens is somebody will they, you'll finally come to a deal, and then you'll go to meet them, and they won't show up first of all, or they show up and then the say it was fifty bucks, and they they go, will you take forty? And it's like what what we're not negotiating anymore. We've, this is done. We already agreed on the price. No, I won't. And then the other great thing is you maybe finally get rid of something. And then they have the gall to contact you for tech support on something. This happened to me. I I sold a monitor. Yeah, I sold a monitor to somebody for, I think it was like maybe $50 or something. It was like a 
20 inch touchscreen monitor nothing special just didn't need it sold it to the guy great contacts me like three days later and he's like so i'm having some issues with the drivers on blah 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 i'm like are you actually kidding me you're you, how is this okay in your brain how did this happen in your head and you thought yeah i'm gonna contact that person that i got this monitor for close to nothing for he heard you on a podcast and he thought that guy knows what he's talking about yeah yeah which brings me to my final rant of i really feel like when we're doing job interviews for people, when you're looking to hire somebody, like screw resumes. Resumes are bullshit. Everyone knows that. We need to be looking at what is their rating on like Craigslist and all these services. Did they show up on time for the deal? Did they try to screw the person that they were purchasing it from? I think we're going to learn a lot more about people from these interactions than a stupid resume. Because I can tell you, most people out there, Late to meetings, I bet those are the same people that don't show up to buy something on Craigslist. Wasting other people's time, trying to lowball, those are the people on your sales team that are low performers. I bet it's a one-to-one ratio. That's all I'm saying. In fact, as I mentioned earlier, that I offered to my friends a concierge service to install Signal. Can I suggest to everybody out there a concierge service to subscribe to Hemispheric Views. Just take the phone, subscribe them up. Did you t- did you tell them you did this, or did you just was I that just a, a a little I bonus for them? I didn't do it, um, which is stupid in hindsight. I probably had a few beers and I wasn't thinking clearly. Um, but that would be a great thing for anybody to do. Really, is just sign random people up. And look, the first 30 subscribers or people who say that they'll subscribe will receive a personal visit from Andrew Kenyon with white gloves. He will break COVID laws to visit you interstate or in your nation of choice. And he will actually subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Is that right, Andrew? Is that financially feasible, CFO? Yeah. Yeah. Unless unless you're using Apple podcasts, um, in which case, no, because that's a piece of junk app. Get something good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. I use Apple Podcasts religiously now. It's the best one. It has no features. <laughs> and you never know what you're downloading or listening to next or anything. It makes no sense. The feature is the lack of features. Is it time for me to try it again? Oh my God. The last time I tried it, it was terrible. I just, I feel like at this point, I'm, and this is maybe kind of, application wide in my whole life i'm kind of just tired of extra like all the i think castro is beautiful the q thing is great and i finally for some reason realized like it's not really doing anything it's just going to a different instead of coming in on one screen it's on a different screen that i have to go look at and delete instead of just deleting it from the main screen so it's actually one extra step it's not really saving me any steps and then the other one is like the orange one is it's fine. I just, I don't really need any of it. Like all the skip silence and all that. I've been using the Apple podcast one for, mm, I don't know, maybe a couple of months now. I don't even notice. I, I don't, the silence skipping the speed boost and all that. I don't really notice that it's even there or not. I don't really care. And it's not like you got it anyway if you're on the Mac. I mean, you guys do. Now that you have M1 Mac, so you can use... I'm assuming all that 
yeah, because it's the same app, right? All the voice boost and all that stuff would still work, but I don't know. I just feel like it's, you know, play the audio. The main, the main feature of my um, Plex library these days, because I lost most of my content um, in a hard drive disaster, so I don't have much anymore. But my favorite section is using Jason's um, YouTube DL scripting stuff, and it filters into my favorite named Plex library. It's called DrewTube. DrewTube. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love YouTube it. videos coming into DrewTube, minus the ads. Love it. Is so Drew obviously short for Anne Drew? Is that a name that you had when you were younger as like a nickname? Is that a nickname that you have now, or is that one of those situations where you have like three people that you know that still call you that, and everyone else is like, "Why are you calling?" Yeah, me? I have like circle circles so my family nickname when i was a kid and i still get called by my family is andy oh i'm using that i'm using that only to the family um, you're right andy andy we're all family my here. mates like <laughs> all my basketball mates and like guys i've grown up with since i was a bit older was i'm either drew or drewy and then anything in a work setting is always just andrew but I've always longed for a really cool nickname. Never had something like the Grand Canyon or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, they're all naff. I love the word naff. You like the word naff, Jason? I love naff. Yeah, because it, to me, when I hear it, it sounds so much worse than any, like, swear word you could use. But yet it's just, like, no big deal. You wouldn't even have to bleep it. Yeah, you're like, oh, that's naff versus like, that is shit. And see, now I have to put a thing there. Yeah, you're going to have to. So, Andrew, just before I ask Jason if he ever had any nicknames or other names with family, what nickname do you want? If you had to choose, if you had to be given a nickname that summed up who you are or who you want to be, what's it going to be? Jeez, I have no idea. Um, I don't know. I got nothing. Got nothing. This is the problem, right? I've had 40 odd years to think about this and I've still not come up with anything. Well, you've got until the next episode. Until then, I'm calling you Andy. See you in the Discord. <laughs> oh, you've done wrong. <laughs> Jason, oh, any nicknames? And oh, Andy. Um, let's see. So for me... I don't really have any nicknames now. I mean, nothing that people say in front of me. I'm sure I have other ones, you know, but um, sometimes people call me Andy. Other times it's sometimes it'll be, I guess, mostly when I was a teenager, it was just J. And I don't know if that was just the letter J or J-A-Y. Really was more of a verbal thing. Um, Jace sometimes, which is like, the worst i think my my mom says that one a lot i'm just like just like either stick with the first letter or do the whole thing this middle thing is just not really working out 
and um that's really it i guess well in the military everyone calls people by their last name that kind of just becomes your name mostly just because it's written on all your uniforms and stuff so that was for a good number of years was just burke so if i suddenly say burke give me 10 is that a trigger probably just start crying i'll just start crying (laughs) do you find an australian voice has more or less authority than an american voice if that's barked at you it it sounds a little less threatening (laughs) (laughs) oi mate give me 10 beers that is something like that like like, all right yeah ha (laughs) (laughs) shall do yeah i'm on it um I'll never forget the there I was I've the I have a lot of repressed memories from those times but one that is like just always sticks out in my mind is the one time I accidentally I was getting talked to very closely and I will say talked to but it was very it was pretty loud like right right in the face just talking 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 and there's a lot of as you would imagine yes sirs yes ma'am you know fairly common you would hope i accidentally this was early on i i actually i accidentally did a yes sir to a ma'am she the things that she said she was going to do to me with my own arm were very troubling to say the least and that's that's one of those things you'll just never forget so always make sure you say the correct sir and or ma'am or other, whatever it is, just make sure you use the right one is what I'm saying. Or else your arm may be used against you in a very violent way. Do you think she was genuine, genuinely upset or is it just a culture thing? It's like, I'm just going to remind him in the future not to make I this mistake. I kind of feel like it's, I feel like it's both. I think it's a little bit of a culture thing that bleeds into you've been doing it so long it becomes real life kind of a thing and also it's a great example for everyone else that's around that (laughs) you don't want to be that guy don't be that guy and i guarantee that made there was no less than probably 30 people that saw that and were probably going to do something terrible at some point and thought "Hmm, maybe i won't maybe i'll get in line like everyone else anyway that was military corner i can see why you stayed there yeah i'm a lifer obviously so i'm now gonna call you i've got a nickname now right i've got it you are now go ahead andy you're now gi burke Mm. or gi jace we can work either way that's probably better actually gi jace oh andy (laughs) you're really really pushing the buttons today I'm sure you've heard it before. Martin, who are you? Look, um, the funny thing is, other than some much more recent use by certain family members or uh, maybe a couple of colleagues, there's the occasional Marty or Feldy. But yeah, but the, the funny thing is that by everyone, and I mean everyone, all through my schooling, you know, well out of school, I was always called Martin. And in a rather formal way. And I can never really work out whether that's because people just like the name or if it was some sort of burn for my, from what I've been told, general formal way that I speak. Yes, I would say that. (laughs) Yeah. Martin. Martin, that's right. 
Natasha's always said Martin back to me because if we're in the same room or just across the house, I won't just yell oi and then the sentence will just start speaking. I'll say Natasha and everyone calls her Tash and she goes, yes, Martin. And I'm like, oh, damn. So it's like this soft burn within the family that I'm always being formally addressed in return. So I could see that. That seems like one of those situations where everyone kind of turns and is like, let's see what Martin has to say about this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's sort of it. Um, I mean, one person at work does occasionally call me Fonzie because I have a thing with fonts. Uh, oh, Fonzie. Yeah, not Fonzie. Is that like a play on Fonzie or just... Yeah, yeah like Fonzie. Okay. Uh, so that, that comes up occasionally. But really, I, I suppose the best thing is that um, I've just always been stuck with Martin, which I don't really have an issue with. Although some people... And in fact, I remember I said this to Natasha early on in our relationship and made her super paranoid and I've felt sorry about it ever since. But I made some comment early on when I said, you know, I've noticed that people really don't enunciate the T properly. They swallow the T and they say Martin. And she went, oh, OK. And, and she told me that she started she was worried about saying my name early on because she went, I'm not going to say it properly. I'm just going to blurt it out in some casual address rather than Martin. I'm like, damn. Well, you don't say the R either. So what does that do for you when I say Martin? Because you say Martin. Yeah. <laughs> well, now you've gotten into the uh, rotic and non-rotic R's. That's just a oh, cultural that difference. That like sounds a topic. <laughs> <laughs> so does, does Martin sound, is that different to you? Does that sound, or is it just, I just say it weird? Uh, look, look, this is one big after show for you to... Um, Edit Andrew. Look, as far as American accents go, I don't know what Andrew probably agrees with this, but you can rebut. Um, they sound totally normal on television, right? Or anything that you're watching. But the moment an American is in the room with you, you go, there they are. It really stands out. So you sound totally normal right now. And you would in the room, of course. But the moment those R's and the, it sounds like you're really letting people know exactly every single letter that you're saying. Yeah, like I know letters. You don't. You don't judge me. Yeah, I get it exactly. But it does have its advantages because I remember I used the word pass as in P A R S E once with other people, and they thought I was saying oh. P A double S because in Australia yeah. they'd be exactly the same word. Pass. You're p passing what? No, no, no. Like parse, and they went. We still don't parse. understand what you're talking about. So <laughs> <laughs> there are some advantages to your way of speaking. Parse. Okay. I mean, Mar Marty's not even that bad because all I think of is Back to the Future, which is awesome. So it's like, what's with the life preserver? That's right. Yeah, it's not. It's not as bad as Andy. No, so we need to improve it. Do you ever get called Feldmeister? Um, I actually gave myself that nickname on my senior jumper at school. People thought it was all right. <laughs> well, I'm not going to give you that nickname. To my face, at least. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try and do. I'm going to try and do the Australian thing and and go for a a strange sort of diametric nickname. How about Corey? Corey? Corey. Um, you know, the first thing I think of, there's like a Simpsons moment where Lisa's obsessed with the Corey hotline and all he does <laughs> is say things that rhyme with his own name, like allegory and Montessori. <laughs> well, the reason I get to Corey is because you're the, you're the Feldman, right? Right. Which is, and the Feldman is Corey Feldman, the actor. So you're Corey. Right. So Corey. I don't even know who this person is. You don't know Corey Feldman? 
I don't think so. Oh I know Marty Feldman. Who's Marty Feldman? Oh, like classic uh, comic actor with the really big googly eyes that he could pop out of his head. <laughs> See, now we're both googly. <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> All right, Corey Feldman. I'm going to stick with Martin and Andrew. I'm in, I'm gonna just going to go with that. That seems you easier. You do you, G.I. Chase. <laughs> oh. Deleting my recording. When was he born? Oh, 1971. Oh, he does have pug eyes. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good sign. Friendship with Michael Jackson. Mm. Oh, that, I mean, that gives you bonus points right out of the gate. <laughs> Depends what you're looking for in life, really. All right. Well, given that I uh, heaped it all on you just there, Andrew, with Andy, I'm uh, gonna just gonna have to take what I get. <laughs> hey, he was a heartthrob. I'll just tell you that, okay? There were the two Corys. There was Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, and I could not get a look in with the girls in my school because I wasn't one of those Corys. So, you know, you're doing Damn. okay. Well... Okay, well, I'm happy to be the hemisp hemispheric heartthrob. We'll put it that way. <laughs> there it is. <laughs>